Hey everyone, welcome to the Rocks Life podcast. I'm Greg and today I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Rob Woods or Woodsy Workout as you might know him. He's got a really good YouTube channel, Instagram channel um, and he's come to talk to us about his high experiences, how he's adapting his training, um, how he coaches others um, and just have a really good geek out on all things high rock. So thanks for joining us, Rob. Yeah, no worries. Pleasure to be here. All right, so if we if we just start, uh, can you just briefly talk about uh, talk about your background? And I, I'll, I'll just like before you get into that, I'll, I'll interrupt you but and give some context. Like what one of the reasons that I wanted to to get you on was like I think you talk really well about um, high rocks and like intelligently about the training and and the techniques and so on. But also you're coming from probably more you're, you're a stronger guy. Uh, as opposed to a runner like you've got less running background and mm-hmm. uh and now you're focusing more on high rock so I thought it would be interesting for people uh at least in a similar situation to you that don't necessarily have that running background and maybe have come from a, a crossfit or a you know more strength-based workout um to to understand your story and what you're focusing on is that fair enough to say that, that, that that's your background yeah 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 definitely yeah so um I mean I played a lot of sports um, through school. Uh, I was big into basketball at university, um, but then I've always loved the gym and just um, strength training uh, in general. Um, since becoming like a personal trainer um, a couple of years ago, um, I kind of stepped up the strength training uh, and then I've done like a turf games um, style and I quite enjoy doing some CrossFit style um, workouts uh, and then um, but yeah not a lot of running um, I did some like I've done a 10k I've done like a cross country back way back in school but nothing um, nothing regular until uh, yeah until High Rocks came on the scene um, so I did the um, London, the very first London um, High Rocks. Um, I was supposed to do it as a um, partner, uh, as a pair. My partner dropped out um, last minute and I did the Men's Open. Um, and uh, uh, I did I surprised myself. I did quite well. I think um, I went in with low expectations because of that um because my partner dropped out and um i actually think it helped me pace it way better than i probably would have if i'd have gone in you know like um i i find a lot of people their very first one they come out too fast so i think i kind of accidentally <laughs> found the right pace <laughs> uh, but uh that worked out really well um and yeah, so then I qualified for um, world championships with, with that one. Um, I knew world championships were going to be at the pro level. So uh, I started training for the pro um, and gave Manchester a go, um, which was uh, January or, or early February. Um, and actually found that that suited me better obviously because i'm coming from a strength background um the sleds and the heavy uh, weighted stuff wasn't wasn't taking really away from my running but it was it was slowing down some of the uh, other runners so um respectively like i excelled within that within that area um so um 
yeah, Manchester, uh, Manchester went quite well um, and then did Vegas, um, which was um, a bit of a disaster because I ended up doing too many laps. Um, so, yeah, my best time was was Manchester, which um, before and then um, just recently Birmingham, which I um, set my new PR, which was um, hour 11. So, uh, yeah. That's, okay. that's pretty much it. <laughs> all right, all right, great stuff. So, uh, if you, you've steadily been improving over the part, like you started out qualifying for the World Championships with your first race, but uh, mm-hmm. you've been steadily improving since then to get to the point where you're like one eleven in pro, right? Um, mm-hmm. As as you prepared for Birmingham. And so running was still your primary focus, like in the months leading up to Birmingham, was it? Um, yeah, so I think I found, um, uh, so I still was, I think I was quite well balanced um, in the lead up to um, uh, Manchester and uh, Vegas, where I um, was having a mixture of strength training and um uh, cardio um, and uh, only really after because I still found that um, it's it's still a case of your your top end strength will still improve your performance um, until a certain level whereas I, I feel like I feel like there is a strength cap kind of where there's a minimum requirement which is just can you push the sleds um, but there, I do think there is a maximum strength requirement where getting stronger won't um, get you quicker. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I think aerobically, there, there really isn't a limit, I don't think, in terms of getting better cardiovascularly. Um, I think will always improve your time. Um, so, that, Just out of interest, would you say you, you are at that strength cap with where you're at? So I think just from doing Birmingham, um, yes. Um, I think um, I, so, I, I so would say... Sorry from, to interrupt, yeah, but to, to give people listening an idea, where, where is that? Like, where, where do you feel that is? Like, if you if do you want to talk about your deadlift and your squat, for example, as, as an example? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can do. So, um, um, yeah, so, so previous to... Um, to so after doing Manchester and Vegas, I still felt like I could improve. After mm-hmm. doing Birmingham, I felt um, gaining strength won't won't gain me any more. Um, it would just be a case of maintaining. And so um, from my uh, going by my strength numbers going into Birmingham, um, my deadlift uh, was at um, two hundred kilograms. Um, my squat. Uh, I was doing uh, front squats so that's right around um, probably like 125 um, I tended not do singles with those um, but I was doing like um, sets of five at, at about 100 110 um, and um, what else like bench press not um i didn't focus mainly on that i think uh more much more overhead press um for for wobbles i think bench press you only really um you've got the carryover of um burpees but that's much more muscular endurance 
Um, so yeah, overhead press um, was probably around um, 65 to probably about that. Um, for for uh, at least like the, the deadlift and the overhead, you're talking single uh, one rep, one rep, yeah, um, yeah. So so roughly those those kind of numbers. Um, and I don't I I, I think um, if you're trying to reach that point, um, I think there's a, there's a trade off um, muscular strength to muscular endurance. So if um, your top end strength's not there, then you need to rely more on your muscular endurance. If your muscular endurance isn't there, you need to have a much higher um, top end strength so that the um, each rep is not taxing you as much. Um, yeah. yeah okay. So I, I think that there is leeway there. Um, and I think... Um, because I, I know with like the elite, some of those have a much higher strength, um, uh, one rep max, but then um, it needs to match their muscular endurance. So some of them have a, a lower and a higher muscular endurance. So yeah, they do. And, and I, I should like probably just reiterate, which you touched on, uh, this is like the 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 upper end of, of where you feel you need to be. And it's like not a requirement to 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 do uh yeah just the pro division it's actually not a requirement to do no. to to be elite standard you know like um i think rich ryan who i spoke to was around 150 for the deadlift i think something like that you know so you're mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's certainly not necessary to be at that level but you, you feel it's probably like optimal as long as you've got you can yeah, back absolutely up with- like i i think um i think that strength is one of those that it's um it's slow to build, um, but it's um, hard to lose. Like it, 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 it lasts. Um, and I, I think, especially if you're coming from a strength background, you're worried about losing strength um, in, in by doing a lot of cardio, you might lose that bit of top end, but it's very easy to maintain um, whilst working on other things. So um, I think, um yeah and like, and like you say it's not that's that's the upper end um of of where there's a there's almost a cap so I, I know um that's my area of strength uh and um therefore i'm i'm working much more in my running i don't feel that um if you if you have if you're a strong runner um and a decent level of strength it's not going to be um you can you can definitely take away from your running by trying to focus too much on those those max numbers. So I wouldn't aim for that as a goal, um, but it's uh, yeah, kind of just a benchmark kind of. So you might be able to see where you are, bottom of the um, the minimum requirement. Push push the sled for your um, your uh, whatever division you're competing yeah. in. Yeah, um, maximum requirement those numbers I kind of just said pretty much around that. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you sort of mentioned that maybe like after Birmingham now you've appreciated you're at that level and there might be a greater focus on running. Can you, can you talk about how, how you might be tweaking your plan following Birmingham? Yeah. Um, so following Birmingham, um, 
I know, so basically uh, I improved upon my time by about three, three minutes 40 um, and three minutes of that was running. So 40 seconds on the stations, three minutes on the running. Um, and I still know that um, there's more to gain there um, just by where I like, it's quite nice that you've got um, where you rank um, on each yeah. section. So I definitely say look into that um, because I can see I've still got a, a, a lot to gain um, running wise. So um, the key things that I have done and so that, that I know work and um, that I'm going to continue to do is um, firstly running running technique. Um, I think it's quite overlooked in terms of um, because because there's so much else going on with the with the high rocks uh, and you think yeah I need to run just get out there and and run. But um, if you actually really um, look into running form and technique, um, you can make it so much easier. If you think of the number of repetitions that you're doing um, by running, um, things like um, landing on your forefoot, um, your cadence. Um, so... Um, Rich Diaz, uh, he's a coach, uh, he's coached Hunter. He's got some great videos um, on um, running form and running technique. So I'd say, uh, have a look at those, get a coach, um, do a few um, running drills or cadence drills. Um, and that really has a lot of carryover. Um, so I think that's definitely um, improved for me and I still feel like it can I I do some things like um, like a run to a metronome um, 180 um, beats per minute and that's quite nice to um, get you into the, the rhythm and the flow of that um, and I think that definitely helps um, in high rocks where you um, it's easy for your your running to get sloppy and slide um, and being aware of um, trying to hit that mark tightens up your running. You're also able to hit, like get back to your normal speed quicker um, mm. rather than like sort of slugging through um, or being compromised by those stations. Um, yeah, so, so firstly, running technique. And then secondly, like um, I, I do... Whereas before I've very much segmented um, my like zone two and intervals, I've done a lot more of um, kind of blending the two and working both building up to a high heart rate and building back down. Um, and I think that's, um, that's definitely helped. It's helped me to find where um, you one where your lactate threshold is but also having a feeling of crossing over that and being able to continue like it's not the be or end all um if you you feel like that real oh god i need to slow down trying to slow down slowly um rather than just completely dropping off the uh, edge of the cliff sort of thing um and that that does a a, a lot uh, of benefit not just physiologically 
in terms of the adaptation that you're that you're gaining but um but mentally knowing what pace and and what it feels like and being able to continue um through that basically yeah okay okay so uh what do you feel like didn't is, is there anything you feel didn't work in your in your training up to Birmingham that that you've now tweaked or is it just like uh, appreciation that you're probably at the upper limit of your strength and style you now give it more focus or is there anything you feel like you were doing wrong um good question um in terms of um doing wrong i mean it's difficult well basically i i kind of always planned to um because birmingham was the first one of the season um uh, i had planned a progression of um my off season i was doing a lot more um longer runs segmented um work so i do like um long runs separate strength stuff one or two um circuits um and kind of break those up uh and then as you, you're coming into more the in-season training as such um it's much more much more racing um and specific work so um where i think i can improve is just knowing um what pace to do the events and the runs um collectively together so i think like you can't within um working in between races that are like months a uh, month or two apart there's not a massive um you can't do a massive strength cycle or um cardio cycle to build um build your fitness up what you can do is really refine um your um your pacing and your race strategy so i think maybe um going into london i'm gonna ease back a little bit on um towards the end of each station whereas i think like i was kind of each time during birmingham i was like okay this feels good whilst, whilst i'm doing the station can i push a bit harder um so i would push harder and i push right to the end go straight into the run and be like god this sucks hold on for a bit and it feels better um but i think instead having a bit of ref restraint to um not not sell out towards the end of the um station so that i can actually hit the run feeling feeling good feeling fresh use my strength to an advantage um to work on my kind of weakness and that's that's kind of something that i advise like to my clients if you've got a um a weakness or an area that you that you know is going to be a problem um you've got runs that sandwich each of them so you can control your pace um going in and out of those so for example um if the lunges is something you struggle with then then um you've got options you can you can either be like okay my lunges are going to be this pace no matter what because i can only go so fast and i, I just need to plug through it so um you can you can run fast going into the lunges um and know that it's going to be that pace anyway my heart rate's going to come down um so 
So go run fast going in and run fast coming out. Or um, if it's something like the sleds where you know your heart rate's going to spike and, and um, you need all, of, all your energy, going steady going into the sleds um, and, and take your time coming out of them, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of this sort of stuff comes from race experience at the, at the end of the day, doesn't it? There's, you can mm-hmm. do all the training in the world, but a lot of it is just going into the race and working out where to pace, working out where to push it, yeah. working out where to hold off, you know? Um, yeah. Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. sleds and the sleds will do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 The other thing sort of that come to mind from what you were just saying is, um, uh, like so doing pushing on the exercises because like you know you feel you can you feel you can I feel like sometimes that there is an ego element to it that can come into it especially when you look at your time and your ranking on whatever I say the ski it's like oh 200th on the ski but it's like yeah. well yeah but like, that's deliberate you know yeah. um and, yeah. and I think that's something that a lot of people need to be be aware of um mm-hmm like really what matters is your overall finishing time as as to oppose those individual finishing times yeah 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 exactly that and and um yeah you're right it, it is almost a trap it's it, it like um it can suck you in and um you know you got to think like um uh what we're seeing like in the in the similar to like the crossfit world where you can um you can win events and not necessarily win overall um and like some of the best like justin medeiros he um i don't think he he won any of the events or or maybe one of them um and he ended up winning the whole thing it's it's kind of as long as you don't have a weakness or as long as you if um if coming first on a on an exercise or a station means that you're gonna um blow up elsewhere then it's not worth it um yeah all right great so um like I said to you before the call, like, uh, we sort of talk about the elites a lot, and but I, I want to give like some some good guidance to people that are maybe like training for their first competition or don't really have any idea of how to lay out a training plan or anything like that. If we just purely talk about the running, and I know, I know you've touched on it. If you if we say, and I know like off season is different to in season and so on, but say there's someone listening, we're in November now, they're training for. Manchester maybe is their first event which is uh was that just under three months away what would what would a running training plan look like just high level across the week uh for someone in like your position where strength is strength and and the running isn't is it like does it look like there's like one long steady run in the week there's a couple of intervals like how might you lay that out yeah um so um i would be doing so i i like to undulate in terms of um a hard or high intensity day and a um easy uh recovery day so um and and that can be um different depending on your history of training so someone that um that doesn't run a long run will even though it's zone two it's um you know steady um it will still create a higher stress on the body 
man, a runner who is well, um, well adapted to running. Um, they can go on long runs and it be a recovery day. Um, mm -hmm. But I think um, that's kind of important to, to know, like, because um, people will, will throw that kind of terminology out long zone to recovery day. But if you're not used to running, that is a, a high intensity day in terms of high stress on the body. Um, so, um, and, and equally you're, if you're a strong strength, then just going over your maintenance numbers strength wise can be an easy day for you. So, um, that's where like I would, get to know like know know yourself know the individual know what is very hard for you and what is easy for you so undulate between the two um so i would do like three three runs um a week um and um i um would do some form of intervals but i like to um still um work both building up to it and, and building the way down um so i don't tend to do um anything that's like just hard sharp intervals um until um closer to the competition where i'll, I'll sometimes do 1k um just to try and real really nail in your race pace um so um yeah um building up holding building back down um for example um an easy one is just five minutes um five minute build up five minute hold five minute um regress down to a recovery pace and that's like a 15 minute block you can repeat that um twice it'd be a half an hour that's a good starting point and then try and add on a block 45 minutes do that hold that for a week add on another block um 60 minutes um and uh in terms of like if you're new to running then um the the biggest thing that you need to develop and something that i've definitely learned is um the the impact on your lower legs so like feet calves uh ankles knees it's uh um I think because I was still quite, um, I, I was still quite aerobically efficient. Um, so like, um, I did a lot of work on rowers, skiers, bikes and stuff. Um, my cardio was a lot, my cardio was a lot higher than my tolerance to, um, impact basically. And that's, I think something like CrossFitters or people coming from different sport backgrounds, might find uh, especially like cyclists is a big one um they um your sort of engine is a lot bigger than um your ability to to take um damage so um what you want to do is work on um slowly building that running volume up uh, and then still sub in machine work so um i would do like runs until i sort of felt oh my knees are kind of bothering me or my running form started to go like i wasn't able to hold that cadence or um started feeling little niggles 
come in, jump on um, stationary bike or rower, and finish out the um, the time domain uh, on that because I think a limiting factor is that um, when we're doing the high rocks, the event is um, well for most people for on average it's like an hour and a half around that mark, um, so um, you won't be able to run for if you're a beginner you won't be able to run for that long um, um but what you can do is run for as long as you can and then make up the time um on those machines mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense actually it's 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 similar to to my experience i would say like the 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 impact of like the impact gets me more than than the aerobic side of things um and i was i was yeah. talking with someone briefly in a Facebook comment uh, recently, who was asking about uh, how to know your pace? Like, what what's, what what sort of pace should you expect to run in high rocks based on like half marathon time, ten k time, and so on? And my observation is that experienced runners are probably closer to their marathon type pace or half marathon somewhere between there, whereas less experienced runners. Uh, coming into it and maybe training more specifically for high rocks are probably towards like closer to their 10k sort of pace because like th there's that there's that impact and the, the muscular impact and like for me like the thought of running a marathon I just it wouldn't be like the aerobic issue it would just be like the, the impact on the body yeah. that, that affects it yeah. more so I think that's like it's something like that people don't necessarily understand is this it's not just the aerobic impact from running it's like the impact on your on your whole body mm -hmm. yeah yeah no definitely yeah and like um that's something that you can like incorporate within your um your strength training some um exercises to um help you cope with any imbalances that you might have and also the demands of um of running so um things like working your um, um tibialis anterior so like your, the front of your shin muscle um will help with like any shin splint problems knee issues um sled drags are actually really good for your knees um and they have a lot of carryover in terms of um like um obviously we you pr pretty much do a sled drag when you're um, pulling the rope um and uh even like some low level extensive plyometrics so like um like skipping and um and uh yeah like little hops helping to condition the, the calves and the tendons and the ankles um that can really help and so i i'd put those on my strength days um to help kind of counter the effects of of the running Okay. Um, especially if you're if you're a big guy um or um you're carrying weight it's it's more impact more demand um plus the fact of like it's not just the running like lunging and burpees um dynamic movements um it's it's that um eccentric loading that that really um kind of you, you feel it the next day yeah 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 sure all right all right that's good um Move away from running, but tr training in general. Uh, I like to ask this sometimes, and maybe there isn't one. But do you, do you have any like controversial opinions about 
training for high rocks or like what you think a lot of people get wrong what maybe even what trainers get wrong anything like that spring to mind um i think well the the classic one is like doing the um doing too much simulation work um and like trying to repeat the exact um thing i i I think i feel like that's you know a classic answer but um it's true in the fact that um you kind of you a lot of the times you're thinking well i need to be specific and um and i i i was listening to um is it jk uh fitness that um yeah yeah Yeah. and like he's very much like you know doesn't run over one kilometer um within Mm -hmm. his his training block and stuff and i think yeah um that's that's okay but um in terms of if you i have identified that like if you're well balanced and you're in season then simulation work definitely has a time and place but if you have identified a weakness um and you need to dedicate more time to it than um trying to also fit in simulation work where you're breaking the body down um overall and not allowing you to focus on one area the areas that you need to um can be of detriment um sort of thing and like peeling back um there's a lot of supplementary exercises that if you um if you kind of look at it in terms of movement patterns rather than um the specific exercises um there's ways where you can build volume and um work on strengthening the muscles around um that movement that is going to benefit you without taxing you to the same damage that like um the race is going to do so for example like just with um lunging um the the movement standard is forward lunge sandbag on your back um knee has to hit the floor um well if you're when you're going at race pace you're slamming your knee on the floor and you you've got like um uh, you have to balance the sandbag um there's a lot of there's only so much of that you can do whereas a even like a step back lunge um varying your your lunges doing like i do some like unilateral split squats um curtsy lunges um strengthening the musculature around that will help your balance help your eccentric loading and allow you to um perform those lunges be feel more stable doing those lunges so that you can then go consecutively without wobbling falling having to hit the hit your knee on the ground stuff like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay all right that's good interesting um what was my next question uh, you talk about uh on, on your youtube channel you talk about like you give good examples of training for specific elements of of the race like wall balls and, and so on mm-hmm. 
is there anything that stands out there as being like a common problem technique wise you know inefficient wise that that people make a lot of mistakes with um yeah i think um well one thing that i um i picked up on um from uh watching uh in birmingham like uh i spent some time um going around um early before my race watching um people compete and i think one thing that i found um i i didn't really address um because i i do yeah i do do some videos on um technique and kind of getting into what the perfect positions might be but um i didn't kind of um really grasp how some people have restrictions and um mobility mostly mobility issues to get into those good positions so um it's um it's kind of a case of can we work on those restrictions to allow you to get into better positions to allow you to be more efficient um and the biggest ones for those are like wall balls um being able to get into a deep squat with your um with your chest up um and also um burpees is a big one like especially um those of you that are using like that uh, the step technique so like you come down you take one foot forward you step the other foot forward and then you jump um if if you're restricted through the hips or um yeah mostly through the hips then you you can't step that foot forward without having to really push up or having to um or, or get that um foot right up near your hands where you can then jump straight into it, it, it there's almost like another stutter step and stuff like that um that i think if you know you've got those then opening up um doing some mobility work um will definitely um assist you and the, and the best thing about that is it's not another stress like it's not um it's it's not high intensity it's not breaking you down you can spend as much time as you want doing that um and i think like that's one thing that um guys that are doing the high rocks uh like you know the thoughts are go 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 uh and if you're like me i'm sort of thinking what else can i do what else can i do um and so that's one that you can always do that's not gonna um you know hurt you by doing too much of it mm-hmm Mm-hmm. It's a, it, that's a good point there's a lot of talk in the facebook groups and so on about the people not adhering to the the movement standards uh, and so on but a lot of people well, i shouldn't say a lot but some people can't yeah. actually do yeah. it um it. and i think i do think hyrox i personally think hyrox could do a better job of uh explaining the movement standards and what is and isn't allowed Mm-hmm. Uh, well in advance of an event so that some people are like well i am going to struggle with that wall ball uh and and, uh, and give a greater focus to the mobility um well in yeah. advance as opposed to like finding out on the day and getting no rep or, or, or something yeah yeah you yeah, know definitely definitely because i i think uh yeah straight off the bat like anyone that's signs up they sort of see it as a whole and it's always advertised as this is, as a whole and like oh well do the running i'll be able to do it or, or whatever uh and then they go to do a forward lunge with with weight on their back and 
it's that very that bottom position that that they struggle with. Um, mm -hmm. Same with the warbles. So straight away, if you know, or or even like if you if you have uh, like permanent restrictions, like surgeries and um, things that won't allow you to get into those positions, then you need to know that going into it. Um, and and yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. Okay, so you you. You're a personal trainer and you work with people, um, you, you're preparing people for, for a Hyrox event. What mm -hmm. would you say uh, are some of the considerations that um, are different for someone like, we, I talk to a lot of the elites and they talk about their training and so on, but how might um, what they're telling us be different from what you need to consider preparing a beginner for, for the event? Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I think one of the major things um, is uh, just the the time frame. Um, so whereas uh, if you look at the elites, um, the best um, men in the pro division are going like sub an hour, um, and like women is like sub seventy if if you're really going some. Um, Whereas um, the averages are more like um, 90 minutes, um, so like an hour and a half. And, um, and that does play a, an impact in terms of, um, especially if you're, um, you're working at a high intensity, there, um, there comes a point where that, that intensity does have to drop um slightly so um if you go in sub an hour you you can hammer it um and you'll just about make it that's what kind of is um very interesting with the elites is it's is that just short enough that you can keep that high intensity the whole time whereas coming up to um like 90 minutes for um general general population that haven't um really trained that lactic threshold you do have to be working more aerobically so mm -hmm. um so therefore doing more of your longer runs and steadier work um is has more carryover than doing like faster harder intervals um shorter metcon work vo2 max training um i think that's a big one um I, said, other, I, I will ju I just interrupt you, but like you sort of said, some people like the average is an hour and a half, but that does mean there's a lot of people. Yeah, two hours, you know, or, or or more. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the, and the further that goes, the more you have to um, pay attention to um, your pacing and your and and staying aerobic, so you're not um, hitting the like trying to trying to stay steady throughout rather than like really hammering one area um because it, it, you just drop off um and then the other thing is um uh fueling and uh hydration um because um like um some of the elites will um not need to fuel or they'll have like one gel um not much water um and be within that within that window whereas if you're um if you're going for most people and it depends on 
how hard you're working and your um, your body mass. Um, but for most people, you'll probably need to refuel um, around that 45 minute mark. So um, if you're um, going, uh, if your target is an hour and a half, then you might need to fuel twice. Um, and so that could be gels or, um, yeah, like um, sweets, hydration. Um, uh, and then, yeah, obviously, the longer you go, the more you're sweating, the more water you lose. Um, so that's another thing to um, to definitely consider that's different. What, from the what, what are you doing out of interest? You're at the 71-minute mark. Uh, are you yeah. are you stopping for water a couple of times? Are you are you taking a gel sweets in the race? So I am, and I um, I'm now thinking it's not as important as I originally thought. So um, I I do take a gel, and I will still take a gel. Um, I tend to take that uh, after the row. Um, mostly because um, it's close to the halfway mark and it's where my heart rate's at, at, my, at its lowest. Um, I tend to be able to relax a bit more on the road. You're sat down and then I, therefore I can um, take on um, fuel easier at that point. And, uh, and equally, I'll probably, I, I think that's normally where, around about where I go to a water station. Um, but from um, from training and my experience with um, doing some simulation work, um, I have done the whole thing um, in simulation, which again is a little bit less intense, but done the whole thing without water and just fueled um, at the end. Um, and I think that um, even though like I um, I've done, I've done all sorts of, had my sweat tested and um i'm good well no I, i'm gonna have my sweat tested and i've done like um may, uh weighed myself before and after simulations to to measure um how much uh, fluid i'm losing how much glycogen i'm um, using up uh and really other than a feel for it like you feel you need um, water and your thirst um, if you can kind of get over that, um, it, it's you should be all right so long as you're not overheating. Um, and so that's where, like, sometimes you, you see people go to the water station just to dump it on their head. And that actually um, can often have a lot better effect than just um, taking a mouthful. Because of the amount you're slow down to take a mouthful of water, the, the difference that that mouthful is going to have you know um it's it's a it's a, a way up game but i wouldn't say like i'm not saying like don't go to the water station when you're thirsty <laughs> because you know there is a bit of a danger there but like um i think practice limiting it and having it before and after um as long as you're really uh, hydrated before and that's where like electrolytes come in um um, and carbohydrates before your before your race is really important um you should be for me anyway like around that 70 minute mark um i should be okay mm -hmm. okay all right great so what you got uh 
races planned? So you, you did you did Birmingham. What's what's coming up for you? Yeah, so I did Birmingham. Um, I've got um, London coming up, uh, and then also uh, I'm going to Frankfurt to do uh, a race there. I'm quite excited for that. Um, so I've done a European one yet. So um, yeah, and I'm like like my sort of main goal is um like trying to hit sub 70 um i think that's kind of my goal for the season as such uh and then i'd love to um qualify for the world championships but that's kind of depending on the the other competition that's kind of outside of my control so i uh, my goal is mainly just do it as fast as i can if um if i qualify then I'll, I'll definitely do um, world champs in um, Manchester. If not, then um, I'll probably do the London one in the summer. Okay. All right. Nice. So you uh, you do coaching. Do you want to talk about your coaching and your, your YouTube channel a little bit as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I do um, remote coaching and in-person coaching um, are... Um, Jim is just affiliated with um, High Rocks, so uh, I work at Coactive Health in Shelford St Giles, um, and we do um, in-person um, training uh, classes, um, and also we're kind of just about to roll out a course, um, so it would be like classes as well as a program to do um, on your own. I do. Um, remote coaching as well um so um that involves just like a, a consultation and i will check in with you and write your programming um and kind of just periodically check in work on um modifying it uh, to your needs and um and then i will be releasing a um just a standalone um high rocks program um that will hopefully drop uh, just after london so um around the 20th um i'll be releasing just a um basically all of my kind of principles that most of what we talked about um as a guide and then as a um how you can combine all of that into one training program and, and have it laid out for you so you don't need to overthink it okay nice busy boy <laughs> yeah yeah that's <laughs> lots of videos um i'll keep 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 churning those out like uh i know uh it's, it's just great like hearing the feedback from from everyone and um especially like now that it's been going a while when you, I've, i'm sure you've sort of um felt that like when you go um and people are genuinely um uh used your information and and um and uh and uh grateful for it so like that's just really spurred me on to to keep going and keep um keep putting more more content out there yeah definitely um, all right brilliant anything anything else to add anything you wish i'd asked before we before we finish uh, up i think i think we covered most of it yeah okay. all right brilliant yeah. well thank you thanks for joining us i appreciate it. it's a good good chat really intelligent chat I, I liked it so yeah thank you thank you all right take care everyone see you soon right. see you later bye